You are listening to Hydro Talks, a podcast from the global aluminium producer Hydro, setting out to explore the modern dilemmas for industry and society. Welcome to Hydro Talks. My name is Halvor Molland, and joining me here today is Lars Moen, Director of Innovation in our primary metal business area. In this episode, we will look further into sustainability trends in the automotive sector, and we'll jump straight in. Lars, what are the sustainability trends in automotive? Well, thank you for having me here, Halvor. Um, Sustainability is, of course, a very big and broad topic, uh, mm. but and clearly for automotive, uh, the biggest impacts and where the legislation also has been uh, very um, interested in automotive sector is within the carbon emissions that the car uh, generates during its use phase. So for many years now, uh, there have been emission targets for the cars. What kind of emission targets have there been? So the, the main emission targets have been on the CO2 emissions, right? So the global warming issue. And uh, that has been for the last 15 years, started back in 2005 roughly. And uh, uh, from then until now, we had great reductions in emissions from the cars. So we speak about 30-40% reduced emissions compared to the levels back then. Yeah, and how, how, how have the um, automotive industry participants uh, achieve those uh, reductions? Well, that's that's a very good question. And I think it's a lot of different uh, ways of, um, of achieving those um, reductions. But f- of course, the cars have become much more efficient today than they were back then. Mm. The engines have, have you know, become more efficient, giving more power for, for less emissions. And also, of course, light weighting has been a very important part of this. And we in the aluminium industry have been have been enjoying that part of it, of course, because it has been driving more aluminium into the into the cars. Yeah. Uh, now that is all um, good, but at the same time, the cars, of course, um, and the consumers, they they require cars with a higher comfort level now than they did uh, some years back, and also the safety levels have dramatically increased. Hmm. So the overall weight of the cars have not really gone dramatically down; they've actually gone up. And you also yeah. have this, uh, you know, this SUV trends. You know, the bigger cars, uh, trucks and so on, uh, which means that the actual weight of the cars have gone up. But, the, mm. the, you know, the emission of the car has come down quite dramatically. Yeah. So, so, you know, going forward, that means that, um, that a lot of the potential for making more efficient cars has really been taken out. Mm. So now, now, you know, they're looking at what, what can we really do now. And, and, you know, the targets that have been set out from the legislation they're just getting tighter and tighter and tighter every year. What are the numbers here? What 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 is was the typical emissions of, of from a car in 15 years ago and, and today? Well, we we had a level of you know around 160 to 200 grams of CO2 uh, back in 2005. <clears throat> today we are speaking about a target for this year at 95 grams of CO2 uh, per car. Hmm. And then, uh, as a part of this, uh, you know, and, and going forward, these these um, these uh, uh, targets are getting even further down. So we speak about another 15% reduction, and uh, and you know, going very low. And the only way that the car industry sees to really achieve these targets is by electrification. So, mm. so we now speak about you know, you know, we see hybrid electrics, you see battery electrics, yeah. especially here in Norway. This this has become. Uh, a strong trend, but that's you know very driven by the incentives. Uh, so you think we will uh, only see electric cars uh, some years from now? 
Well, certainly, we see already today that right now the electric car sales are, are going you know, dramatically upwards mm. in countries like Germany and, and uh, you know, Europe more, moreover. So, uh, certainly going forward, um, we will speak about emissions from cars, but in a different way because, uh, you know, the, there is no tailpipe on the mm. car anymore. So, uh, it's not emissions coming out of the car itself. But, but you still account for emissions in, in the production uh, of the car? Or, uh, and, and that is that is the, the change that might come, uh, however, because um, still we talk about tailpipe emissions and the targets that are going mm. down from these 95 grams uh, the next years. And uh, on top of that, the, you know, the EU legislation now includes targets for battery electric vehicles and they also give you so-called super credits so if you have battery electric vehicles you count them twice in this uh, in this um, emission regulations so meaning that if you make a hybrid uh, with a low emission or a battery full electric vehicle you can count them twice in 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 your legislation uh, emission count up mm. meaning that there is now a high incentive to to make uh, to make uh, battery electric vehicles because simply if, if you don't reach these targets you you risk having very high fines mm. and actually for this year uh, it is expected that uh, some of the big uh, car makers will actually have uh, quite uh, you know substantial fines coming their way as a result of this we've seen for a number of years now that uh, in order to reduce uh, co2 emissions from from uh, Petrol and diesel cars. Uh, more and more aluminium has been put into into the cars to lightweight them. Mm. How is this relationship uh, in the electrical uh, vehicles? Well, that is also very encouraging. You know, working with aluminium, you see that uh, for electric vehicles, it becomes even more important to to lightweight the car. And uh, mm. let me maybe uh, you know give you some example why lightweighting is so important uh, in in battery electric vehicles. Uh, so, if you if you take a car and you reduce the, the weight of the body by, let's say, 100 kilos, to take an example, you know, that means that you can reduce the weight of your suspension and chassis, which is carrying the body, mm. by another 20 kilos. Because, you know, the dimensioning of it is purely depending on the weight of the car on top of it. So, it's not only the part you change, but you change the total structure of the car, which can reduce the weight even further. Right. So, yeah. this 100 kilo on the body will lead to, let's say, another 20 kilo weight in mm. the chassis yeah. and the sub subframes. And then, the, the, the drivetrain, you know, the engine and the gearboxes and so on in, in a normal uh, combustion car, you can you can take out another typically 15 kilos out of mm. that weight. So, so your primary weight reduction, you know, by changing steel to aluminium in the body, mm. that gives you opportunities further down in the vehicle. And in total, this this is growing to you know uh, quite uh, high amounts of uh, of saved weight, but also also saved costs, of course. Mm. And w when you go to battery electric vehicles, you, you do not only save um, save the weight, but of course the cost of, of batteries, the cost of um, power electronics is mm. very high still. And uh, even though uh, it's falling rapidly these days, uh, and that is good because that will make the battery electric cars uh, more affordable, but, uh, but you know, for, for many, many years going forward, we will see that um, lightweighting by by using aluminium will be very competitive way to to make a electric vehicle mm. in terms of pure economics. 
when when you let's say when when a few years back when you only had um, combustion in, uh, engines and you it was more easy to to calculate the CO2 emissions from the car but having uh, electrical vehicles then you you um, you have no direct emissions from the car but you also have other input factors to to making this but and how how do you assess the carbon footprint impact of a vehicle going from from combustion engine engines to electrical and, and other types of drivetrains well that is that is uh, i think where we will also see the future of uh, of legislations in this because uh, clearly uh, when you make a battery electric vehicles as as we mentioned we do not have the emissions coming out of the tailpipe but for sure when you charge the car on the grid you will you know uh, create carbon emissions on the grid coming from uh, from the fact that uh, the grid is not powered by by renewables only, but also from uh, from uh, you know fossil fuel. So you still have some uh, emissions going into the into the car. I think we heard some very encouraging numbers that uh, first half of this year that 40% of the European grid was now a renewable mm. uh, energy mix, which is you know substantially up from just a couple of years ago. But still, you know this, the other 60% counts a lot on the on the actual emissions mm. coming from the car. The other, the other fact here is that, you know, the pure production of the car, uh, the battery electric vehicles, they are more heavy. They contain batteries. So you, you also add to the production part of, mm-hmm. of uh, assessing the, the full carbon footprint of the car. Now, all of this is not accounted for in the current uh, emissions scheme, but it is now becoming more and more evident that the use of so-called life cycle assessments, uh, where you go through the full life cycle of your product, uh, which in this case would be the automotive car. So starting by, by you know, extracting the, the raw materials like we mm. do in Brazil, you know, for the bauxite and adding the footprint of that to the footprint of uh, electrolysis and the, the power that we use during our aluminium production. And then having the footprint of aluminium as such, adding that to the footprint of steel, mm. the footprint of batteries and polymers and all of these materials that are used. And then, of course, you will then start comparing the different materials uh, and how to construct the optimal car, not only from from an economic perspective or from a performance perspective, but also from, from a sustainability perspective or a carbon footprint perspective. Oh, and when you add up this, what do you find in your, your view? Well, um, when you add it up, um, well, starting with the footprint of the materials, of course, mm. uh, aluminium requires a lot of energy to produce. So uh, aluminium has a substantial footprint, and we shouldn't neglect that fact, uh, which, of course, makes it very important that the aluminium you use is produced from a renewable energy source. Mm. Uh, and when we in hydro, we, we of course, we operate in Europe, uh, so uh, we have... And, and mo- mo- much of our production, most of our production is, is in Norway based on renewables. We also do a lot of um, remelting and recycling activities. So our mix, our full product mix has a quite favorable um, uh, footprint um, compared to other sources and especially sources made from pure coal uh, energy you know, production like typically in India or, or some other countries. So, so, so when, you, when you look at the full life cycle, you also have to look at, at of course, the use phase of the car. And that is mm. when, you know, or even before that, coming to the production phase. So you, you take one kilo of aluminium and you replace it by 
maybe two kilo of steel when you account for the primary weight reduction and the mm. secondary, like we just discussed. Yeah. So you have a one to two relation there. And then during the use phase, of course, very important that you then reduce the footprint of the, you know, the use of energy in the, on the grid. Uh, so, uh, and then coming to the recycling phase. Yeah. Uh, and re recycling is also quite important. I heard that uh, aluminium can be recycled over and over and over again. And, and what is the situation in, in the automotive industry? Um, where, is the, where are the cars, um, where are they going when, when they reach their end of life? Well, um, and that is that is a very good question, also. And of course, um, typically the cars that uh, that are wrecked in Europe, they are going to to a dismantling and shredding process. Mm -hmm. Typically, that means that um, today we are getting better and better processes that account for more and more of these vehicles. So more and more, a higher and higher portion of these vehicles are going through a good process and mm -hmm. ending up as remelted products when it comes to the metal fraction of the of the parts. And, and how, is, how, do, how does that impact the life cycle assessment? Because I, and that must surely uh, have an impact there. That has a big impact there. Uh, so that, that is, of course, a very important thing uh, because uh, by definition, when the material is reaching its end of life, the carbon footprint becomes zero. Hmm. That is just how it is. When, when our product is new and put into a car, it has its production footprint. When it comes to the end of life, this is consumed, and per definition, it is zero. So the opportunity for metal producers or material producers is to is also to use um, more and more of this uh, end-of-life scrap into the production of new materials, because then you will get a very favorable footprint, and especially for a ma material like aluminium, where you only will use... 5% of the original energy when you produce uh, aluminium for the second life uh, of use. How do you com compare the different materials in terms of, of recyclability and how, how um, they work in the automotive industry? Um, so, so I think, um, you know, um, we have to make especially a distinction here between metals. Many metals are very easily recyclable. Mm -hmm we sometimes uh, downgrade them to you know different use but in many cases uh, and especially for aluminium you can use them in the same with the same function as you had in the first life then you have uh, a lot of other materials and especially a lot of these uh, new materials in the you know family of polymers and composites and so on that are really hard to 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 recycle sometimes some of these materials are not recyclable. You can burn them and you can get some energy uh, back from them. Mm. Uh, but some you, you can recycle, but you can you always need to downgrade the functionality, especially when you come to, to these kind of um, carbon fibers. So that is a big difference between, let's say, metals and non-metals. Then within metals, there are, of course, many variations of that as well. But um, but when we speak about these, um, you know, these aluminium grades that we are using uh, for automotive use, they are, uh, in principle, fully recyclable. Mm. So, so re recycling is always good. It's it's always uh, it's always good. I think it's at least always good when it's uh, driven by the pure economics because then you don't put too much energy into producing them and yeah. it's it's an efficient process yeah um, coming towards the end here how do you see the future of transport uh, in light of the global warming and the um, 
sustainability of uh, automotive? Well, um, that is, of course, also a very good question and a lot of uh, answers for, for that question. I think in light of what we just discussed, um, it is evident that, you know, legislation will change its focus because, as we, as we said, uh, producing a car still requires a lot of um, footprint, environmental footprint. Um, the use phase of the car will have some environmental footprint. Uh, but, you know, it's not coming from the tailpipe like we've mm. traditionally been measuring. So going forward, we see that um, more and more um, OEMs are starting to request numbers for carbon footprint for the cars, for the materials that they're using, and they are doing life cycle assessments. Mm. We also see the first uh, publication uh, of uh, LCA by made by Polestar, very interesting to see there how, how the different materials account in the total mix. So the, so the producers are, of vehicles, they are also getting more and more aware of this and interested in, in getting the facts. Yes, this is one of the main trends, I would say, within the, within the materials for automotive, that uh, you, know, you always have to report more and more uh, around your carbon footprint and how this is split up. And... Uh, you know, when we typically, in the past, we received uh, maybe one request or two requests a month on this, then now we see, you know, many requests every week that we need to work on different ways of splitting it up and reporting all these different um, numbers from the different phases of the production of, uh, of aluminium and, uh, and how it all adds up. So, uh, for um, f going forward, we also think that this will be, this could become the interest of, of legislation and then, of course, the focus will be really down uh, to how is the material produced because that will be the main fraction of the of the LCA footprint. Mm. Thank you, Lars, uh, for joining us, and uh, thank you for listening to Hydro Talks. Thank you for listening to Hydro Talks. Make sure to subscribe. If you have any feedback or comments, get in touch at podcast at hydro.com.